0: Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations.
1: Well, good evening, everyone. This is Kennard Levy-Brown speaking. I'm the host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. Well, we know what happened. Uh, At least I hope some of you or most of you that are listening to me um, are aware of Of what happened on, uh, I think it was Friday night, the United States, France, and Britain, they bombed Syria. Uh, We know last year Trump decided to do that to Syria, and he's done it again. And so my question is, what is the importance of all this? So we're going to discuss this today, and I'm hoping that this will be a a soothing discussion about how we deal with world events and having a balanced approach. And this study, I hope, will also help you to understand who you need to listen to as far as guidance toward uh, prophetic events. All right. So first of all, I want to address something, and I've heard a few people talk about this, but... I haven't heard them address this. What is the cause of war? Does the Bible tell us what the cause of war is? Yes. If we turn to James chapter four, James chapter four, James chapter four, beginning in verse one, it says in the King James version I'm reading, says from whence come wars and fightings among you. So this is not just talking about wars where people are being bombed, it's also talking about fightings not getting along and so forth. So from whence come wars and fightings among you, come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members. So lust is a violation of the tenth commandment, wanting something that's not yours, right? So in verse two, you lust and have not You kill and you desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not, because you don't ask. Now, in verse 3, to understand what he was saying here, he says, you ask and receive not, because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. In other words, you're getting things that's not supposed to be yours. Okay, so that is the, the cause of war, ladies and gentlemen. Now, in some cases, there's righteous wars, but the enemy that they're fighting against has this tremendous lust problem of wanting something that's not theirs. So I, I want you to understand that because of all the, I've looked at Alex Jones and all that, him going out of his mind, basically, all because he thinks World War III is coming and, and all that. And uh, There were other things going on. I've heard some so-called ministers preaching about this and, and so forth and i really haven't heard the definition the biblical definition of what war is and what the cause of it is in particular so ladies and gentlemen i'm not going to think that the united states is not righteous but god looks at all nations right now he doesn't see not one matter of fact let's go to psalm chapter 14 let's let's get a perspective on how god looks at the world, ladies and gentlemen, um, he starts here in Psalm 14, verse one, the fool has said in his heart, there's no God, they are corrupt, they have done abominable works, there is none that do of good. Now, in verse two, he says, the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any, any that did understand and seek God. And so what he's saying, ladies and gentlemen, it's not within uh, ourselves to naturally seek God the majority of the population has been like this for years verse three they are all gone aside they are all together become filthy there is not there is none that do of good no not one and yet I hear people telling me oh Trump is he's he's a good president he's a this and he's that and 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 all all this other stuff none of us folks can do good unless we have the Holy Spirit working in us to do good ladies and gentlemen that's how we're going to do good, all right? In verse 3, they are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that do of good. No, not one. So if you have a problem with that statement, you argue with God about it. All I'm doing is quoting you scriptures, and that's all I will ever do. You know, I could sit up here and just talk out of my head and be entertaining, but I'm not going to do that. A true servant of God, a true preacher of God is going to teach you out of his words, all right, so in verse four, I have all the workers of iniquity no know knowledge. So have all the workers of iniquity no know knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon the master. And so there's a hint here of the tremendous uh, poverty. And I don't hear any minister addressing this because I don't think they are driven or guided by the spirit to address it. But hold, hold, your, let me, hold your place here and let me go to Uh, Proverbs chapter 30, yes, there is prophecy in Proverbs, and in Proverbs chapter 30, it talks about something that I hardly hear anyone address, and I wish there was someone else that did address this, and and if anyone knows who that person is, I'd like to, to know who it is, but anyway, Proverbs 30, verse 14, it says, there is a generation whose teeth are as swords, and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth. And the needy from among men. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the 21st century. This is a prophecy of the 21st century. Eighty percent of people worldwide live on less than $10 a day. And I can give you other statistics. Go to my website, MercifulServantsOfGod.com, and click uh, Poverty Facts. It's on the left side um, of my menu on a desktop and then of course if you're using a smartphone you just go ahead and click the menu you'll find it poverty facts and it'll give you all the facts of how rich countries have totally oppressed its people and and james james chapter 5 james chapter 5 verse 1 it's and this book is addressed to the all the 12 tribes of israel which the united states and the british nations canada New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, and the countries in Northwestern Europe, they are all a part of Israel. If you don't believe what I said, uh, well, I know it's true. I've studied it. I've known this for years, for over 30 years. And you can go to a website that was created by an Orthodox Jew. God has used him here to reveal this truth. Now, before you start thinking that, uh, well, is this guy an Orthodox Jew and is he a believer? No, he's not a believer, but Romans 3, verses 1 to 3 says that even though they don't believe, they still have value, the Jews. After all, we they have preserved the Bible for us. And Yeshua stated in John chapter 4, let me go there, John chapter 4, he states here in the context of talking to the Samaritan woman, in John 4, verse 20, you worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvations of the Jews. So he grouped himself with the Jews because he is a Jew. And I know me and my wife have studied with Jews and the majority of what they teach and the majority of what they interpret biblically is correct. I know, I've experienced it uh, and I've studied with them. They don't understand who Yeshua is as a Messiah. And of course they overdo some of the, (laughs) uh, a good portion anyway of the commandments. But overall, they do understand they have Fifty percent understanding, as the Bible states in Romans 11, they are blinded. But not only is Judah blinded, also the 12 tribes, all the tribes are blinded. They're partially blinded. Ephraim, of course, which represents the 10 tribes and the book of Hosea reveals that Uh, we are blinded. United States, the British Commonwealth of Nations, the countries in northwestern Europe, Australia, New New Zealand, South Africa. We are blinded with we, we lack the ability most. Of the people in those regions, we lack the ability of understanding that we need to keep the entire Torah to the best of our ability, including the Sabbath, the Holy Days, and the clean and unclean meat instructions, which by the way, really do set you apart. If you don't believe me, start keeping it. Start keeping the Sabbath. Start keeping the Holy Days. <laughs> start keeping the clean and unclean meats, and people don't think you crazy, all right? So, uh, it does set you apart, and in and, and Exodus chapter 31, it says that the Sabbath, starting with verse 17, that the Sabbath is the sign that I have set you apart. So certainly one of the characteristics of a true and complete believer is keeping the Sabbath. Now, does that say that if someone keeps the Sabbath day, they're guaranteed to be in the kingdom? Of course not. You have to keep all the rest of the uh, commandments. But I'm just showing you what the Bible reveals is the characteristics of a true believer. And one of those characteristics of a true believer is that they do keep the Sabbath. And they keep the holy days, and they keep the clean and unclean meat instructions. All right. So anyway, getting back to uh, Psalm chapter 14. And this is how God looks at us, folks. So you got a problem with what God is saying? You go complain to him. All I'm doing is quoting you scriptures. All right. So in Psalm 14, verse 4, have all the workers of iniquity, no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon the Master. And that's what's going on worldwide, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't go on here in the United States as much as it goes on in other parts. But we have a good portion of people, about 50 million people, that don't have enough to eat, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, if you don't believe me, go to feedingamerica.org, feedingamerica.org. And really, we don't have any excuses. We We have the most millionaires in this country. And so anyway, let's go back to, there's so much to talk about and so little time to talk about it. But anyway, James chapter 5, verse 1, it states, go to now, you rich men. So, of course, the first chapter of James, and James uh, Hebraically means Jacob or Israel, so you can call this the Epistle of Israel if you want, or the Epistle of Jacob, because it's addressed particularly to the 12 tribes of Israel. It tells you that in the first verse, James uh, 1, verse 1. So this book, this book is certainly prophetic. And and James 5 verse 1, go to now ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Verse 2, your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days of the harit hayamem, the days before the coming of the Messiah. Verse 4, behold, the higher the laborers who have ripped down, or reaped, not ripped reaped down your fields which is a you kept back by fraud remember we had all these issues with uh, all these companies uh, uh, doing illegal things uh, back in, in 2008 when the stock market crashed and it says which of you kept by kept back by fraud craft and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the lord of the army? Verse 5, you have lived in pleasure on earth and have been wanting, You have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just, and he does not resist you. And that's going on worldwide, ladies and gentlemen. People are being oppressed. One of the reasons why the Messiah is coming back is to end oppression. And James 5, verse 7, be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the master. Behold, the husband waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And that precious fruit of the earth is his firstfruits. Is his elect, his his bride. He's waiting for his bride to get herself cleaned up. Revelation 19, verse 7. So he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth and have long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient. And when you understand what that means, basically, ladies and gentlemen, the early rain is certainly talking about, and the latter rain uh, is talking about the feast days, and I'll have time to get into that, but the, the latter rain part is the spring holy days, and the early rain is the, the fall festivals, but anyway, and so that's the whole plan, basically, and that through that plan, the wife is going to get herself cleaned up, but that's not the Bible, so verse 8, be also patient, establish your hearts for the, mass, for the coming of the master draws near, so he's saying when, you, when, when, when we have a, a nation as rich as the United States, uh, he's, and, and and we know That they even oppress their own citizens Not as much as other countries But we do And the Bible talks about that That That's a sign, that's one of the signs That we are in the end times Ladies and gentlemen, I don't hear anybody I don't hear any preacher Talking about this I, I hope it's somebody out there talking about this And they should be But anyway, back to uh, Psalm 14 Psalm 14 Psalm chapter 14 all right, so, Psalm 14, verse 5, they, there were they, Psalm 14, verse 5, there were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous, and that's interesting, the gen- this is the generations of the righteous, this generation will birth righteous people, ladies and gentlemen, that's in the process, that remnant, that uh, remnant of Jews and Christians, which is the tribe of Judah. And Ephraim are all the rest of the tribes. It's so the house of Judah and the house of Israel. There is a remnant, which is the bride, the elect, the firstfruits, the future kings and priests of this world. They certainly qualify as being the righteous in this generation. Verse 6, you have shamed the counsel of the poor because the Lord is his refuge. Verse 7, all oh, that salvation of Israel will come out of Zion when the Lord bringeth a- Back, or he uh, prevents or stops the captivity of his people. Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. So, ladies and gentlemen, we, we've got to understand that God does not appreciate the other poverty that the world is going through right now, and He's going to come back because of that. And Psalm 10, verse 1, it says, "Why stand?" I, I wasn't going to quote these scriptures at first, but God is inspiring me to give, I hope, a message that will wake you up spiritually and, of course, physically. Psalm 10, verse 1, why standest thou afar off, O master? Hidest thou in times of trouble? Verse 2, the wicked in his pride does persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. Verse 3, for the wicked both of, of his heart's desire and blesses the, the covetous, whom the Lord abhor. So this is interesting in verse 3 of Psalm chapter 10. For the wicked boasts of his heart's desire and blesses those who lust, or the covetous, whom the Lord hates or he doesn't like. Verse 4. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far ab- above out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he puffeth at them. He has said in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. And this, this is in line with a prophecy that I'm going to quote uh, in Second Peter. Most people in the world, including a lot of United States citizens, they, well, where's the promise of his coming? That's one of the signs of the Hayyamim, that people are going to doubt that nothing's going to happen, that they're going to continue on and, and just, you know, and then they, of course, they want their ears tickled and they'll listen to the, The latest and greatest false prophet that is offering his free, not not free book, but (laughs) his book or her book that she's going to charge to to get you off track. You know, that's what happens. Anyway, verse seven, his mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. He sits in the lurking places of the villages and the secret places does he murder the innocent. His eyes are privily set against the poor. He lies and waits secretly as a lion and then he lieth and waits to catch the poor. He does catch the poor when he draws him into his net. Verse 10, he crouches and humbles himself that the poor may fall by his ones. Verse 11, he has said in his heart, God is forgotten. He hides his face. He will never see it. And so in verse 12 of Psalm chapter 10, arise, O God, lift up thy hand, forget not the humble. Where does the wicked contempt God? He has said in his heart, thou will not require it. Thou hast seen it, for thou behold mischief and spite to requite it with thy hand the poor commiteth himself unto thee thou art the helper of the fatherless. Verse 10. Break thou the arm of the wicked. Break thou the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out his wickedness till thou find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The heathen are perished out of, out of his plan. Lord thou hast heard the desire. of The humble thou will prepare their heart. Thou will cause thy ear to hear. To judge the fatherless and the oppressed that the man of the earth may no more oppress. And in Malachi chapter 3, Malachi chapter 3, verse 5, so that you can understand one of the reasons why he's coming, one of the major reasons why he's coming is the end oppression. Malachi 3, verse 5, and I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against false swearers, and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right and fear not me, says the master of hosts. And so, let's understand something. As far as God is concerned, there's not one nation on this earth that is righteous. Isaiah chapter 1, verse, and I know you've probably never heard that from anybody, or if you have, uh, that's good. Anyway, Isaiah 24, verse 1 Behold, the Master makes the earth empty and maketh it waste, and turns it upside down and scatters abroad the inhabitants thereof. Verse 2 And it shall be as with the people, so with the priests. As with the servant, so with his master. As with the maid, so with her mistress. As with the buyer, so with the seller. As with the lender, so with the borrower. As with the taker of interest or usury, so with the giver of usury to him. Verse 3, the land, that should be translated earth, Eretz in Hebrew, shall be utterly empty and utterly spoiled, for the master has spoken this word. Verse 4, the earth mourns. And that's what's going on right now, folks. Wake up! The earth is mourning and fading away. The world is languishing and fading away. The social environment is first, but also the environmental part of the world is deteriorating, as scientists have told us. The haughty people of the earth do languish. Verse 5, the earth also is defiled or under a state of decay, sociably and also physically and certainly spiritually. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants, not just the United States, the entire planet, folks, including Israel, the little land of Israel. Everybody wants to say, oh, Israel, bless Israel. But what is Israel doing? Are they doing righteousness? No. Anyway, now there's always a remnant. I'm talking about the majority. The majority of people in Israel don't keep Torah. Only 20% of the population does. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants. Then we wonder why we have all these bombings and all this stuff going on. Because the majority are not obeying. That's why. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants there because they have transgressed the Torah, the instructions. And people tell me that we're not supposed to keep doing And God is talking about this. In Isaiah 24, and he's addressing the entire planet. Because they have transgressed the Torah, changed the ordinance. Who? Just the United States? Just the Jews? Everybody. The entire planet. Verse 6. Therefore has the curse devoured the entire earth. And they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned. And few men are left. That's where we are headed. Wake up. Isaiah chapter 34. Verse 1, come near you nations to hear, and hearken, you people. Let the earth hear. This is everybody. Not just the United States or France or Britain or Syria or Russia or Iran or Turkey. Come near you nations to hear, and hearken, you people. Let the earth hear and all that is there in the world and all things that come forth of it for the indignation of the Lord. And he must be talking through me because I'm I'm mad. For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations, and his fury upon all armies, everybody. He has utterly destroyed. And this is what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. If there is not worldwide repentance, he will utterly destroy all these armies. He will deliver them to the slaughter. Verse 3, their slain also shall shall be cast out, and their stink, their stink shall come out of their carcasses and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. And verse four, and all the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll and all their hosts shall fall down as a leaf fall from off the vine and as a falling fig from the fig tree. Verse five, for my sword shall be bathed in heaven because it shall come down upon Edom, or Edom and upon the people of my curse to judgment. See, people don't want to hear about the God of judgment. You want to hear about the God that's always nice and, oh, well, you know, it's no big deal. Uh, We're under grace now, and and, and God will, he'll he'll pardon whatever I do. He understands, you know, no, no, he doesn't understand why he reveals that you shouldn't sin and you continue to sin. He's never going to understand that. He's not going to pardon you and, and smile at your face if you know what to do and you don't do it. He's not going to do that, ladies and gentlemen. That's not the kind of God that's in the Bible. And Isaiah 34, verse 6. And the sword of the Lord is filled with blood that is made with fatness and with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidney of rams. So For the Lord has a sacrifice in Basra and a great slaughter in the land of Endomea. All right. So anyway, here's another scripture. And you probably don't hear these scriptures from any that you listen to. Isaiah 13. If you do, that's good. Isaiah 13, verse 6. How ye, for the day of the master's at hand, it shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Verse seven, therefore shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt. Verse eight, and they shall be afraid. Pains and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman at travaileth. They shall be amazed. One and another, their faces shall be as flames. Now, what's going to cause that? Certainly bombing and nuclear bombs. Verse nine, behold, the day of the master comes, Cruel, both with wrath and fierce, not just little angry, fierce anger, to lay the land or Eric's desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. He is going to destroy the sinners out of it, folks. This ain't funny. I'm just being emphatic. You don't get your act together, you're going to be destroyed. If I don't get my act together, I'm going to be destroyed, okay? Verse Isaiah 13, verse 10, for the stars of heaven and the constellations there shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened and and is going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. So this is certainly talking about the Messiah's second coming. So that's one of the signs that uh, you need to look for when he comes back or that will signal that he's getting ready to come. Verse 11, Isaiah chapter 13, and I will punish the world for the evil. And so I tell, you know, people say, oh, there's good in the world. There's good in the world. Well, it's not, it's not enough good in the world for, the, for God not to punish the world. I'm tired of hearing that mess. Isaiah 13, verse 11, and I will punish the world for their evil. You see, I can't talk like this in other programs because they're not going to be able to take it. But I certainly can talk this way on this program. I can do whatever I want on this program. Isaiah 13, verse 11, and I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity, and I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Isaiah 13, verse 12, I will make a man more precious than fine gold, than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. And then verse 13, therefore I will shake the heavens and the earth, shall remove out of her place. The whole earth is going to move out of orbit. That's what's going on, ladies, and that's what we, this this will happen more than likely in this century, perhaps in the next 10 to 20 years. The earth shall remove out of her place. Wake up to reality. This is reality. If you believe the Bible, you can't just read all the goody-goody parts. You got to read the other parts, too. You got to read the other parts, because God is going to judge this world, and you can escape this. Either you die before this happens and and you are dwelling with God's spirit or you are dwelling with God's spirit and you are counted worthy to escape these things. You can escape the great tribulation. Either or is still still a way to escape. Isaiah 13, verse 13. Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the master of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. And in Jeremiah, chapter 25. Jeremiah chapter 25. Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 30. Therefore prophesy thou against them all these words, and say unto them, The Lord shall roar from on high, and utter his voice from his holy habitation. He shall mightily roar upon his habitation. He shall give a shout as they that dread the grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth. We are all guilty. Only a remnant are not guilty. The majority are, okay? So I'm tired of all this nitpicking about which nation is doing this. They all are guilty, according to God, because all of them don't keep Torah. Isaiah 24, verse 1 to 6 tell you they don't keep or make an attempt to try to keep all the commandments. Now, I realize a lot of them are ignorant of that, and he's going to be merciful. But he's still sinning out of ignorance. He's still sins and it still causes destruction. So anyway, sin, whether you're ignorant or not, is still going to cause destruction or cause something negative to happen. Anyway, Jeremiah 25 verse 30, Therefore prophesy thou against them all these words and say unto them, The Lord shall war from on high and utter his voice from his holy habitation. He shall mightily war upon his habitation. He shall give a shout as they threat the all against all the inhabitants of the earth. Verse 31, a noise shall come even to the ends of the earth. For the master has a controversy with just the United States, with just France, just Britain, just Syria, just Turkey. No, he has a controversy with the nations. He will plead with all flesh. He will give them that are wicked to the sword. Verse 32, thus says the master of hosts, behold, evil shall go forth from nation to nation. And a great whirlwind shall be raised from the coast of the earth. Verse 33. And the slain of the master shall be at that day. From one end of the earth and even to the other end of the earth. From one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. They shall not be lamented, neither gathered nor buried. They shall be dung upon the ground. Folks, this is reality. This is the Bible. This is God speaking through me. All I'm doing is quoting the scriptures. And if you think this is something wrong, there's something wrong with your brain. And you need to ask God to give you a sane brain. That's what you need to do. Because the prophecies even say, as far as that, concerned, most people are insane anyway. Jeremiah 51, verse 7. Babylon, confusion, has been the golden cup in the master's hand that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. That's what God tells you. It's not what Canar is making up. God says all the nations are mad. And And this Hebrew word means halal, means to boast, to shine. Okay? And so in that boasting, because that's the first sin that was ever created, through the devil, Ezekiel chapter 28, he was prideful. You start to be insane when you start thinking too much of yourself. And then in Revelation chapter 17, verse 1, And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sits upon many waters or nations. Verse 2, With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. All the inhabitants of the earth have drunken of this beast and continue to do so, the majority. Only a few, and there's only a few, Matthew 7, verse 14, there's only a few that walk the true way of life. They understand who the enemy is, and, and they fight the enemy every day through the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, so anyway, after my rant, let's go to Isaiah chapter 17, verse 1. And let's understand that there is some significance that has happened with the bombing. But it's not the end of the world. Christ is not coming back tomorrow, okay? There's still certain events that have to occur. And what I want you to understand, and I know one individual, a couple of individuals, they claim to have prophetic knowledge. And they don't understand Deuteronomy 28. They don't understand that God is going to increase punishments. Based on our behavior If we continue not to repent The punishments increase In Leviticus 26 it says A a, a sevenfold increasing Of the punishments If you don't believe me study it Deuteronomy chapter I don't have the time to go over today on this program But Deuteronomy chapter 28 Leviticus 26 Study it God is going to continue and he's been doing this throughout the ages But it's going to increase and increase Because wickedness is increasing and increasing okay there's a prophecy in daniel daniel chapter eight verse twenty three and in the latter time of their kingdom when the transgressors are come to the full so there's going to come a time when the sin has come become so blatant that a king of fierce continence and understanding dark sentences shall rise up this is the anti or or the the, uh, yeah, the anti-Messiah, the Antichrist, the, the one who is going to oppose the Messiah, the one that will sit in the temple and claim he is God. And so when that happens, in the in the latter time of the kingdom, when the transgressors have come to the full, that's in Daniel 8, verse 23, that's when the anti-Messiah will come. That's when the anti-Messiah, and we are close to that, ladies and gentlemen. We are a very wicked society worldwide right now. We are totally it reminds me of a scripture in second Timothy, and you tell me this is not the last days, ladies and gentlemen you gotta you gotta I know people have missed the mark I'm not missing the mark. I've been studying the Bible for over thirty years, and I can tell you right now unless there's worldwide repentance, we are going to be going through some tough times all right and in second Timothy chapter three I'm going to read this in the Bible in basic English bible for clarity's sake second timothy three verse one but be certain of this that in the last days this is another sign that we're in the last days in the time before the coming of the messiah trouble will come verse two for men will be lovers of self so that's the first thing being selfish being prideful because being prideful is certainly being selfish lovers of money uplifted in pride given to bitter words going against the authority of their fathers you tell me this isn't the 21st century folks uh Never giving praise, having no religion, no true religion, without natural love, bitter haters, saying evil of others, violent, uncontrolled, hating all good, false to their friends, acting without thoughts. Oh, that's, that's certainly prevalent in the 21st century, acting without thought. Lifted up in mind, pride, loving pleasure more than God, having a form of religion, but turning their backs on the power of it, go not with thee. And so we're not supposed to follow people like this. Whether they are in your assembly Or outside your assembly And so anyway Ladies and gentlemen Let's go to Isaiah chapter 17 Isaiah chapter 17 Verse 1 I'm reading, reading this in the Bible In basic in this version here It says the word about Damascus See they have made Damascus a town no longer uh, I don't like that translation Let me go to King James King James Says the bird of Damascus Behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city. It shall be a ruinous heap. And ladies and gentlemen, that is in the process of happening, despite what some so-called prophecy experts are stating. All right. Uh, There is a video that I'd like for you to take a look at. And I I thought I had typed it up in here. What did I do What's it here? Uh, There is a video online for you to look at that shows the gradual uh, destruction of Damascus, all right? And it is on YouTube, I know that, and I thought I'd type it on here, but I guess I didn't. Hmm. Okay, so uh, it is uh, being gradually uh, destroyed. It's a gradual destruction, and the media is not reporting this at all. Um, but but there is a gradual destru- destruction, and if you just Google on um, you Google on the Google search engine, you'll be able to find it. It's uh, an Associated Press video, and that video shows the, the gradual destruction of uh, Damascus. And uh, to give you a little backdrop on Damascus, first of all, um, in March 2011. Syrian government led by President Bashar al-Assad faced an unprecedented challenge to his authority when pro-democracy protests erupted throughout the country. Protesters demanded an end to the authoritarian practices of the Assad regime in place since Assad's father became president in 1971. The Syrian government used violence to suppress demonstrations, making extensive use of police military, and paramilitary forces. Amateur footage and eyewitness accounts, the primary sources of information in the country largely closed to foreign journalists, showed the Syrian security forces beating and killing protesters and firing indiscriminately into crowds. Opposition militias began to form in 2011, or militias. Opposition militias began to form in 2011, and by 2012, the conflict had expanded into a full-fledged civil war. This is from the Encyclopedia Britannica Online, a credible source. Now, since March 2011, Damascus has been going through a gradual destruction. Major news media are not reporting this. However, it appears the Bible prophecy about Damascus no longer being a city is in the process of being fulfilled. Yeshua, or Jesus, told his believers to watch events so that we will not be caught off guard and to make sure we are obeying his commandments and instructions so we can be worthy to escape the horrible events that will occur in these end times. Um, you can look at another program that I, I gave on blog talk radio. And I do have the link to that YouTube video. And if you guys want to see it, uh, please, you can email me to merciful servants of God canard that's canard K E N N A R D at merciful servants of And I could uh, email that video to you, but you can do a Google search, um, about Damascus, Syria being bombed, uh, Associated Press AP, and hopefully it'll pop up on the um, I might be able to find it here because I was looking at it earlier here. Let me see if I can find it here in my history. Uh, Let me see. Where is it? Here we go. I think this is it right here. Pull it up here. No, that's not it either. That was a recent. Uh, let's see if I can find it. So I would like you guys to see that video if I can find it here. Let's see the US bombing. drone footage. Okay, oh, here we go. I got it right here. All right, what it's called is called um, the name of the video, and it's called Raw. R-A-W, raw, R-A-W, raw, R as in rat, A as in apple, W as in water, raw, semicolon, drone, D as in dog, R as in rat, O as in Oreos, N as in Nancy, E as in elephant, footage of Damascus fighting, so raw, colon, drone footage of Damascus fighting, and it states here, this is a video, and this was done in 2015, but there's still gradual uh, it's this, this a gradual destruction of, of the city, in the city. So the Bible prophecy states that it will no longer be a city, and that's not the case yet. But if this continues on <laughs> in a few more years, that's going to probably be the case. Anyway, video of a Damascus neighborhood filmed by a Russian drone has provided a rare glimpse into the staggering scale of destruction that years of fighting have inflicted around the Syrian capital, the seat of President Bashar Assad's power. And this was in October 22nd october 22nd 2015 and most people don't know what i just told you and just go ahead and uh, google this and you'll see for yourself raw drone footage of Damascus fighting all right so we, we've got to watch and let me go back to isaiah chapter 17 and this program is going to go over again I, I did it for an hour it looks like this may be a two-hour one here but uh It is what it is. Uh, Acts, um, not Acts, but um, Isaiah chapter 17. Isaiah chapter 17, verse one. The burden of Damascus. Behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city. It shall be a ruinous heap. Verse two, the cities of Aurora are forsaken. They shall be for flocks. We shall lie down and none shall make them afraid. Verse three, the fortress, which is military protection or um, military uh, structures. Also shall so cease from Ephraim. That's talking about the area in Israel where the Ephraimites or the, the tribe of Ephraim used to be, but is also talking about uh, the United States, the British Commonwealth of Nations, the Western nations of the world, and the kingdom from Damascus and the remnant of Syria, they shall be as the glory of the children of Israel, says the Lord of hosts. So we're gonna understand what he means in the next verse about the glory of the children of Israel. Verse four, and in that day it shall come to pass that the glory of Jacob or Yaakov shall be made thin and the fatness of his flesh shall whack lean. And so it's talking about the socioeconomic downfall of the Western nation. So what's going on in Syria is important and you need to take a look at it, but it's not the end of the world. there's not World War Three. there's not a nuclear war yet. Okay. But this certainly will lead to it, ladies and gentlemen, because what, the Damascus situation will lead to is a Middle Eastern war. I'm I'm going to show that to you in, uh, well, not in a a minute, but during the program. So Luke chapter 21, verse 34 to 36. Let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at that. And so I'm going to to need to go off the air. I tried to anticipate. I should have put this for two hours. I I didn't know I would be talking this long, but um, I didn't know I was going to, And I always try to plan, but when you have God working in your life, he kind of said, okay, this is what I want you to say, and I have to say what he wants me to say, so I can plan all I want. But anyway, um, okay, so let's look at Luke chapter 21, verse 34. It says, and take heed to yourself that at any time your hearts be overcharged and servicing and drunkenness and cares of his life so that that day come upon you unaware. So he did mention, I'm going to show you another scripture that his, all this stuff happening is it's like the days of Noah. People are going to be going on with their lives. Oh, it's no big deal. Oh, Noah, <laughs> look at him, you know. And Noah was preaching for 120 years and only seven people listened to him. That's sad. But he said, unfortunately, at the time of his second coming is going to be similar to that. So People that believe that it's going to be millions of people uh, that are going to be listening to the truth. That's not true based upon the prophecies. Even the world is going to rejoice when the two witnesses are are killed. Is that the majority repenting? No. (laughs) Anyway, uh, verse 35 of Luke chapter, chapter 21. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the earth. Verse 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. This means two things. Isaiah 57, Isaiah 57 verse 1 states the following. Isaiah 57 verse 1. The righteous perish if no man lay up to heart and the merciful men are taken away. None consider that the righteous is taken away from the evil. Verse 2, he shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds walking in his uprightness. Okay, so for those, maybe some, maybe me, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be alive in another 10 years. But to be counted worthy to, to be counted worthy to escape the great tribulation uh, and, and knowing that I'll be resurrected in the first resurrection, then I must continue to obey him totally uh the best of my ability. And if I do that, then I will be uh, resurrected and I will be resurrected and I will be by his side. And so that's my desire. And I'm sure... Those who have listened to me this far, that's your desire as well. All right, so let's go back to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. All right, verse 36. All right, so here's another prophecy that I don't hear too many people quoting either. It's in um, Mark, Mark chapter 13, Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13, verse 33. You're going to listen to my program. You're going to get a biblical education. I'm going to show you where the scripture's are. You know, and, and I'm not going to talk out of my head and and so forth. I can do that, but that's not the way you preach. That's not the way you teach people the word of God. Mark 13, verse 33. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. And people, i got people quoting dates, uh, all kinds of dates and years. And he keeps on telling us that we don't know. And then we want to be knuckleheads and think we know more than God. And, and, and we want to go ahead and, and say, talk about years, right? Verse 34, for the son of man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Verse 35, And this is this is interesting because this has a lot to do with the way the priests were watching at the temple. And of course, we're spiritually the temple, right? So anyway. Verse 35, watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house comes, at even, at midnight, at cock crowing, or at morning. So he can come at any time during that time when he comes back. We have to be ready. Verse 36, that not I come, suddenly he find you sleeping, and unfortunately, the majority of people, even in the Hebrew roots movement, in the Messianic movement, are asleep when it comes to prophecy. Verse 37, and... What I say unto you, I say unto you all, watch. He wants us to watch our spiritual condition, also watch world world events, when they have something to do with the Bible, like what is, what's happened on Friday. That certainly has something to do with this prophecy. Although that prophecy has not been completely fulfilled, it's in the process of being fulfilled. And so we need to pay attention to that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we need to pay attention to that and not be afraid of prophecy. And so if you are listen to me and if you buy the blog talk radio screen you will see that i have some scriptures some very important scriptures for you to internalize and to study so i'm going to quote second peter chapter three verse one to seven the new american standard bible version which is a word from word translation this is now beloved the second letter i'm writing to you in which i am stirring you up and that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to stir you up and peter tried to stir he's trying to stir any of us up that reads this and he was under the inspiration of the holy spirit which i am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets the set apart prophets uh the holy if if the prophets were holy then they were keeping shabbat the holy days and the clean and unclean meats and people tell me that, that people that keep sunday and eat pork and so forth and 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 think the law is done away with that they're prophets according to god no they're not if they are prophets, they're false prophets. Uh, God is only a true prophet, is a holy prophet, a set-apart prophet. By the holy prophets and the commandment of the master and savior spoken by your apostles. Now, when I said that, I'm not saying that there's no possibility that Sunday worshipers won't be saved. That's just that they don't, they're not the bride right now. They're not a part of the bride. They, and uh, they are the children. But they're not a part of the bride. They're not a part of the first fruits. And they have a lot to learn about the Bible. And they will in the future. And so he says here that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the, by the holy prophets, the set apart prophets, and the commandment of the master and savior spoken by your apostles. Know this, first of all, that in the last days, in the harit, mockers, and we got plenty of mockers, will come with their mocking following after their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? But since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. The destruction of ungodly men, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what he's going to do. He's going to destroy ungodly men. Get that through your thick skull. Our people are stubborn and stiff-necked. So I'm not saying nothing that God has not already said about our people. And we are rebellious. We are so rebellious, and we don't want to be corrected. Now, this is in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 20, it says, do not despise prophetic utterances. And yet, I get people in the Hebrew Roots movement and the Messianic movement and, all of, and a lot of other movements despising prophetic utterances. They don't want to hear about prophecy. And Yeshua was a prophet, and he still is a prophet because he's still alive. And yet they don't want to hear about it. And then in Revelation chapter 19, I mean, these people that don't want to hear anything about prophecy. You are not qualified to be a teacher at all, period. You need to put the Bible away. or well, not put it away. You need to go back to it, blow the dust off of it, and read it. And stop trying to be a minister if you're going to be running away from prophecy. Revelation 19, verse 10, and I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, see thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Yeshua. Worship God, for the testimony of Yeshua is the spirit of prophecy. You will have a mindset of prophecy. And In John 14, verse 17, it says plainly about the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, because I know most people think they do. Uh, John 14, verse 17. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he will dwell with you and shall be in you. Okay? And so I just read that scripture to show you that most, the majority of people in the world don't have the Holy Spirit. And that's Christ's words in red letters. In, Jer- uh, in John 16, verse 13. John 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall speak, shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And so you will have a sense of prophecy. You won't be running away from prophecy, and I tell you right now, on the authority of the Bible itself, if you are running away from prophecy, you do not have God's Spirit in you. You do not have it in you at all. If you think that prophecy is despicable and you don't want to address it, Now, the first time the word prophet is used in the Bible is addressing Abraham. And Genesis 20, verse 7. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. And so Abraham was a prophet, according to your Bible. And you know what Abraham did? You know what Abraham did? And even Jews understand this. Genesis 26, verse 5. This is what Abraham did, folks. Because Genesis 26 verse 5 Because that Abraham obeyed my voice And kept my charge My commandments My statutes and my Torah He kept Sabbath He kept the Mordim He did all of that And the Jews teach that correctly So don't ever tell me That a prophet Can be someone that's not doing that So anyway Proverbs 29 verse 18 Without a prophetic vision The people throw off restraint but he who keeps Torah is happy. And so having a prophetic vision is a part of keeping Torah and it will make you happy. Jeremiah 17, verse five to eight. I'm getting tired of, oh, I believe God is moving Trump. Yeah, he's moving Trump. He's moving Trump to do his will. Okay, just like he's doing with all the nations that have kings. It is he that sets up kings and sets down kings, as he stated to the, prophet Daniel Daniel chapter 2. Jeremiah 17, verse 5, to 8. Thus says the master, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind. I don't trust in Trump, folks. I don't even trust myself. I trust God. Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes his flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That's why I don't even deal with politics. It's a bunch of garbage to me. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes but will live in stony waste in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitants. Blessed is the man who trusts in the master and who trusts is in the Lord, for he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. And this is what I've been trying to tell someone that's very close to me. Stop being afraid. Trust in the Lord. And you will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaves will be green and they will not be Anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. Now, do you believe those words? I'm not putting my trust in Trump. I'm not putting my trust in this government or any government. I'm putting my trust in Vahe and I suggest you do the same, ladies and gentlemen. So, unfortunately, I'm about to go off the air as far as being live, but the good news, I will post this on Facebook, and uh, it will be posted in, in my other uh, outlets that send out my podcast or all kinds of other um Uh, areas of the internet where it uh, posts my podcast and you'll be able to to review this very important program uh, in its entirety and so ladies and gentlemen we've got to wake up we don't have that much time left folks the doomsday clock was moved to two o'clock not two (laughs) o'clock two minutes to midnight for a reason all right we've got to wake up not the end of the world, but we got to prepare for the end of the world, folks, okay? We got to start preparing, all right? So, may y'all bless and keep you, and um, I will be available to you, y'all willing, next week. Shalom. Peace. All right, I'm in the recorded version of this program, and uh, I'm going to post this program And it will be in the archives uh, probably in 30 minutes to an hour. Sometimes it may take two hours. But anyway, let's continue on here with this very important message that I have to give to you, which I believe God is inspiring me to give to you. And so Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Amos chapter 3, verse 7 states the following. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Surely the master, Yodivahe, will do nothing, but he reveals his secret unto his servants, the prophets. And so that's, God is fair. He's not going to destroy uh, this earth to the point of where it's going to be few people on the earth unless he warns. And he he is always warned through his servants, through his prophets. And unfortunately, we have not listened to them. Instead, we want to listen to other people that look cute and sound good and selling books. That's, That's what we want to listen to but we don't want to listen to the the persecuted prophet or the persecuted servant of God that's that's the that's the history of what prophets true prophets go through and then Luke chapter 6 Luke chapter 6 states the following about how prophets are treated or those who preach a prophet's message um and Luke chapter 6 verse 22 Blessed are you when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy. Well, behold, your reward is great in heaven for in like manner did their fathers and to the prophets. So the true prophets were persecuted severely. We're going to take a look at that today. We're going to take a look at that today on how the prophets are persecuted and have always been persecuted and still will be persecuted, leading to the two witnesses dying and people dancing in the streets and, and 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 celebrating because those two prophets uh, they persecuted them or they punished them rightfully so for their wickedness so anyway uh, in luke 6 verse 26 it says woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you but so did their fathers to the false prophets and and that's what it is see the majority is not always right and certainly with the bible folks so uh, you got to you got a question that the majority are doing something. Chances are it's not right. All right. And then in Exodus, Exodus, and these scriptures, it's popping in my mind. Oh, you know, this is the way it is with me. And, and that's to your benefit. And it says in Exodus 32, verse two, it says, thou shalt not, Exodus 23, rather, Exodus chapter 23, Exodus 23, verse two, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Neither shall thou speak in a cause of decline after many to rest." judgment. And so we need to, just to, because the majority is doing something, doesn't make it seem to be right. In uh, and, and a lot of cases, it's not right. All right, so let's look at um, another prophecy here, ladies and gentlemen, to understand how to react when things happen in the world and that God wants us to watch. Because I, I, I just don't think people as a whole that call themselves believers don't understand this, There's one simple fact. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 1. Again, the word of the master came unto me saying, verse 2, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword, a war upon the land or the earth, if the people of the earth or land take a man of their coast and set him up for their watching." So this is talking about something that can occur all throughout the history of the world. It's not just talking about what happened in the days of Ezekiel. Verse 3. If when he sees, because he says, son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, when I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set them up for their washroom, which means there, which means there will always be prophets uh, in some period of time in the history of the world. And there, and there has been people, either there have been prophets or people that understand the prophetic scriptures. Verse three, if when he sees the sword or trouble or war come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn him. And that's what I do. I don't know if I'm a prophet or not, but I do know that I understand the prophetic scriptures enough to teach it. Verse three, if when he sees the sword come upon the, the land, he blows a shofar a trumpet and warn the people. That's the responsibility of those who understand the prophetic scriptures because you are responsible for what you know. And also if you're a prophet. Verse four, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and take not warning, if the sword come and take him away, and says, if the sword come. So the sword may not come. But still, the person should watch or warn anyway. That's what Messiah meant when he said, watch. for you don't know the time. And so that's the reason why we have to continue to watch, ladies and gentlemen, because we don't know if the sword or the war will actually come. And so verse 4. So then whosoever hears the sound of the trumpet and take not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be. (laughs) Excuse me. Sorry. I hope you laugh. Yeah, that, that'll be something to laugh about. Anyway, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. Verse five. He heard the sound of the trumpet, and this is the reason why I'm motivated to do this because he's given me the knowledge about these things. And if I don't warn people in the way that I can warn, then the blood is going to be upon my head, and I don't want anyone's blood on my head. And plus, I care about people. I, if God can use me to save people, let him do it. Verse five. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him, but he that take of warning shall deliver his soul. Verse 6. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. And I don't want that happening to me. Verse 7. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman to the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word. And I've been warning, folks for years about what's going to happen to this country and the western nations and I will continue to do this I don't know if I'm a watchman in Israel but I certainly understand the scriptures to tell you what a watchman would tell you okay so uh, therefore thou shalt hear the word of thy, at thy mouth and warn them from me verse 8 when I say unto the wicked O wicked thou shalt surely die if thou does not speak to warn the wicked from his way that wicked man shall die in his iniquity but his blood where I require at thy hand. So if anybody's wondering why creatures need to correct, this is the reason why. If we know that somebody's doing something wrong, you just don't sit there and let them do it. You, you try to warn them. Just like I emailed somebody the other day, he doesn't understand that he needs to keep uh, the Sabbath and the Holy Days and the clean and the unclean Meats. And, you know, he responded and he didn't, um, he still feels that he's right. And I know he's wrong. I know he's wrong. And I can prove it biblically that he's wrong. But it's nothing more I can do other than pray for him. Uh, Ezekiel 33, verse 10: Therefore, o, o thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus he speaks, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Verse 11: Saying unto them, As I live, says the master, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And some people think he does, and he doesn't. But that the wicked turn from his way and live turn ye, or do teshuva, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? Remember, this is prophetic. Verse 12. Therefore the son of man, therefore son of man, say unto the children of thy people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall there, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sins. So we have to continue to to be consistent with our obedience. He's not talking about the occasional falling. he's talking about completely falling off the off the path. Verse thirteen of ezekiel thirty three When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trusts to his own righteousness and commits iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. And so we can't trust his own that's what our people, Israel is doing today. That is what the Western nations, that's what even the Jews are doing today. That's what all the 12 tribes are doing today. Romans chapter 10 reveals this. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And they will be, the majority, verse 2. But not before they get spanked. A lot of them going to get spanked. Bad. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Yes, all these Protestant churches, Sunday worshipers, Jews who don't believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, the uh, Messianic branches who don't believe that everybody should keep the Sabbath, only the Jews, and I go on and on and on. The Hebrew Roots movement people that thinking that the flat Earth is, a, is something that is so important to God, whether the Earth is flat or not, and and all kind of other silly stuff. Verse three: For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to themselves the righteousness of Yonahvah. Verse four: For the Messiah is the goal of the Torah for righteousness to everyone that believe verse five for Moses described the righteousness, which is of that Torah, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them. All right. And so we are not doing that. We are not doing that. And we are trying to establish our own righteousness and God does not like that. And that's why he allows things like what happened in Syria to occur and to, and it was almost on the verge of a possible, uh, nuclear war, and thank God that he prevented that. Thank God that he prevented that, because this is as one Russian historian was saying, hey, he's concerned that there could be a nuclear war between Russia and the United States. And you know what, folks? Uh, That is coming. Uh, if, If the United States doesn't repent, that is coming, and I must warn you of that, because God has given me the knowledge and understanding that that will happen, according to the Bible. All right, so Ezekiel 33, verse 13, when I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trusts to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. So it won't be remembered, ladies and gentlemen. And so we've got to be consistent. God wants us to be consistent when we obey him. We just can't obey him one week and then the next week don't. All right. But for his iniquity that he has committed, he shall die for it. Verse 14, again, when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, if he turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right. Verse 15, if the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely, the statutes of life is keeping all his instructions, including the Sabbath, the holy days, and the clean and unclean instructions. He shall surely live, he shall not. That reason why I keep on repeating those three things. segments is because the majority of christianity don't want to keep those they don't want to keep the sabbath they don't want to keep the clean and unclean meat instruction and they don't want to keep uh the, the holy days like Yeshua. Sure. anyway and then and then yet they claim that they they believe and, and love and worship the true messiah and they don't because the true messiah said to follow me and his his disciple whom he loved said in first john chapter 2 verse 6 uh, 1 john chapter 2 verse 1 verse 6 uh, we must walk in his footsteps and that's in the context of keeping his commandments and so ezekiel 33 verse 15 if the wicked restore the pledge give again that he had robbed uh, give again that he had robbed walking the statues of life without committing iniquity he shall surely live he shall not die verse 16 none of it says that he has committed shall be mentioned to him he has done that which is lawful and right he shall surely live verse 17 yet the children of thy people say the way of the master is not fair And it says equal, but as for them, their way is not fair or equal. Verse 18, when the righteous turns from his righteousness and committeth iniquity, he shall even die thereby. Verse 19, but if the wicked turn from his wickedness and do that which is lawful and right, he shall live thereby. Verse 20, yet you say the way of the master is not equal. O you house of Israel, I will judge you every one after his ways. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's the reason why we have to obey commandments, because he's going to judge us. Based on our, uh, how we obey. And Jeremiah 18, verse 7 to 10. Yeah, please send this to to, uh, to our government leaders, any leader. They, they need to listen to a program like this so that they can be moved, hopefully, to repent. Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah 8. Send this to Trump. Anyone that has connections to Trump, send this to Trump. He needs to listen to this. Jeremiah 18, verse 7 to 10. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and destroy it? Verse eight, if that nation against whom I pronounce turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. Verse 9, and at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and the planet, or to bless it? If it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, and I will repent of the good where it said I would benefit them. Which implies that he expects everyone to be keeping his instructions. That is the overall goal, ladies and gentlemen. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 3 to 22. Verse 3 to 22. Matthew. Matthew. Chapter 24, verse 3 to 22. And as he sat upon a mount of olives, which is across from the temple mount in Jerusalem, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Yeshua answered and said to them. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and shall deceive many. So I want you to, that's the first thing that came out of his mouth, deception. And I try to teach people this, and they still get deceived. Verse 6, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. That's where we're at right now. See that you be not troubled, and yet people are still troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation, this is a world war here. Shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. This is descriptive of the, the sixth seal, ladies and gentlemen. All this that is occurring here in verse seven, all these are the beginning of sorrows. All these are the beginning of sorrows, and within this there will be a war, war, and there will be all kinds of disturbances and everything else. I don't have time to go over this in detail. Uh, verse eight. But perhaps in the future, in the future broadcast. Verse 9 of Matthew twenty. But Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. and You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And that's what's happening right now, really. Verse 11, and many, here we go again. Many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. Verse 12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That is occurring as I'm speaking right now. The love of many is waxing cold. Verse 13, but he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. You have to endure to the end. You just can't say, Oh, I'm saved. Oh, I'm born again. Uh, and then that's it. You know, you have to endure until the end of your life or the end uh, when he comes back and, and you're fortunate enough to have the spirit of truth dwelling in you. Then uh, you are of his and you'll be changed and you'll be resurrected in the first resurrection and you will rule with him as a king and priest. That's in Revelation chapter 20 verse four to six. And so Matthew 24, verse 15, when you there 1st see. So this is something that we have to see. That's why we have to watch. The abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in a holy place. That word holy place means an actual temple. Whosoever read it, let him understand. The abomination of desolation is, is going to be similar to what happened during the time of the Maccabees, which the Jews, uh, they birthed Hanukkah from that event. So you need to study that. I don't have time to go over that right now. Verse 16, then let them which be in Judea, that's the West Bank where Jerusalem where is located in, flee into the mountains. And so that means we have to be there in the area of Judea before all this stuff happens. And we will, those who are counted worthy will be. Verse 18, neither let them which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Verse 19, and woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. Verse 20, but pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Shabbat day, which means he expects his people to be keeping Shabbat, despite what some people try to argue away around that. He's expecting his people to be keeping Shabbat, ladies and gentlemen. All right? Verse 21. For then shall be great tribulations, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. And verse 22, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. He's talking about these nuclear bomb days that we are living in, these the uh, nuclear bomb generation But for the elect's sake That's for the first truth's sake the, His wife, his bride uh, Those days shall be shortened And then here we go again with the deception In Matthew 24 verse 23 Then if any man shall say unto you Lo, here is the Messiah There, believe it not Verse 24 There shall arise false messiahs and false prophets, shall show great signs and wonders and miracles And so much that if it were possible They shall deceive the very elect But it's not possible for them to deceive the very elect It's not he said, if it were possible, if possible. So it's going to be so much rampant deception that he said, if, if it be possible, you seed see the very elect. Verse 25, behold, I have told you before. Verse 26, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, behold, he's in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he's in the secret chambers, believe it not. Verse 27, for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth out of the west, so shall the coming of the son of man be. For the carcass, the body is, it will there will the eagles be gathered together. That is a description of Revelation chapter 19 toward the end when it talks about uh, the birds eating the flesh. All right. So um, let's continue on here with our Bible study here. And so I want you to pay attention, though, to Matthew chapter 24, verse 4 to 5. It states here. And this is the first thing that that came out of their mouth after they asked the question, tell us, in verse 3, Matthew 24, verse 3, tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And so in verse 4 to 5 of Matthew 24, and Yeshua answered and said to them, take heed that no man deceive you. Verse 5, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and shall deceive many, shall deceive many. So. Let's take a look at a biblical example of how to tell who is a true prophet or someone who is uh, teaching you prophecy correctly versus false prophets. I don't, I don't think I hear this message preached at all. I don't think I've ever heard anyone preach it, so I'm going to preach it. 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 1 to 40. 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 1 to 40. And this is about the prophet Micaiah you probably never heard of him before, but uh, this is certainly an interesting prophecy because I, I, didn't, I didn't know this, but uh, this is certainly talking about what happened in the past. Uh, Israel was fighting Syria. Isn't that something? <laughs> I, I didn't even know that uh, this is what this was all about. So anyway, so First Kings chapter 22, verse 1, and they continued three years w- without war between uh, Syria and Israel. So they continued three years without war between Syria. So it has something to do, this prophecy has something to do with Syria. That's what I was trying to say. Verse 2, and it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And verse 3 of 1 Kings chapter 22, and the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Rome up in Gilead is ours, and we be still and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Will thou go with me to battle to Ramaph Gilead and Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel I am as thou art my people as thy people my horses as thy horses so this is a rare occasion where the house of Judah and the, the house of Israel are combining uh, forces here all right so this is a rare occurrence here of what's going on here um, so verse five and Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel inquire I pray thee at the word of the Lord today Verse 6, then the king of Israel gathered the prophets, and that's what prophets or, or preachers should be doing, right? They should be paying attention to the word of God. And so, verse 6, then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramah Gilead to battle, or shall I go there? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver into the hand of the king. And this reminds me of so many false prophets that I know people listen to, and they think they know what they're talking about, and they don't. And, and, um, Verse 7, and Jehoshaphat said, is there, is there not here a prophet of the master besides that we might inquire of him? Verse 8, and the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is yet one man, uh, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may require of the Lord. But I hate him, for he does not prophesy good. And see, that's what our people want. We want to hear good news. We don't want to hear anything bad. Oh, no, let's not hear anything bad. Uh, but, but I hate him, for he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And that's a lie because he did not prophesy evil. Uh, He's not bringing evil. It's it's evil that's going to be caused because of his disobedience. But Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. Verse 9, because he knew the king, uh, King Ahab, was talking crazy. Verse 9, then the king of Israel called an officer and said, "Hasten hither Micaiah, the son of Imla. Verse 10, and the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne, having put on their robes in a void place, in the entrance of the gate of Samaria, which was the capital of uh, the house of Israel, and all the prophets prophesied before them. Verse 11, and Zedekiah, the son of Hananiah, made him horns of iron and said, Thus says the Lord, With thee shall thou push the Syrians until thou hast consumed them. This is interesting. It's talking about Syria. Like I said, I had no clue that this is... because I, I, it's been a while since I've read this First uh, Kings 22 verse 12 And all the prophets prophesied So saying go up to Ramoth Ram- Ram- Gilead And prosper for the Lord Shall deliver it into the king's hand Verse 13 And the messenger that was gone to Micaiah spoken to him saying Behold now the words of the prophets Declare good unto the king with one mouth Let thy word I pray thee, be like the word one of them And speak which is good Remember I showed you that we should not follow A multitude into evil Well Micaiah did not do that uh, he wanted Micaiah to agree, and I get people wanting me to agree, or they want me to to go with the crowd. And I'm not going to go with the crowd. You know, I, I've been guilty of that before, knowing that I should have did what Micaiah did. But I'm going to do what Micaiah. I'm going to follow his example from now on. Um, I'm not going to do that again. If I know it's something wrong, I'm going to speak up. I have to speak up. And if I get persecuted, I get persecuted. And so verse 14, Micaiah said, as the Lord liveth, what the Lord says unto me, that will I speak. And that is what I try to do. Verse 15, so he came to the king and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramah Gilead? The battle or shall we forbear? And he answered him, go and prosper for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. Verse 16, the king said unto him, how many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the master? And so Micaiah just said, he said what everybody else said, you know, because I don't know if he said this sarcastically or you're under pressure, but eventually he broke down and told the truth. In verse 17, and he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills of sheep that have not a shepherd, and that's so true. And the master said, they have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, did I not tell, you, tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? In verse 19, he said, hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. And so here he is telling exactly what the Lord inspired him to tell him. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. Verse 20, and the Lord said, who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramah Gilead? And one said on this matter and another said on that matter. And verse 20, and there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. Verse 22, and the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit. A lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets, and he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail. Also, go forth and, and do so. So, what he was saying is that God had a lying spirit. And remember in Second Thessalonians 2, he said that God will send strong delusion. He will send it, he's responsible for that delusion. All right. And so in verse 24, but Zedekiah the son of Hananiah went near and smoked. Micaiah on the cheek and said, Which way went the spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? And I guarantee you, uh, there was no spirit of the Lord from Zedekiah. (laughs) This Zedekiah. Anyway, verse 25. And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. And the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and carry him back into Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Josh, the king's son. And say, Thus says the king, Put this fellow in prison. And feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction till I come in shalom. And Micaiah said, If thou return at all in peace, the master has not spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, O people, every one of you. So if you read the rest of the chapter, what Micaiah said came true. And so that's a lesson, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to stop listening to all these false prophecies and either listen to a true prophet of God or someone you can verify that's teaching the prophecies correctly. Um, I'm pleading with you to do that, all right? And 1 Kings, 1 Kings, chapter 18. 1 Kings, 1 Kings. Still trying to find 1 Kings here. 1 Kings, chapter 18, verse 16 to 18. It says, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. In verse 17, and it came to pass when Ahab saw Eliyahu, Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, this is the same King Ahab I was talking about in 1 Kings chapter 22. Art thou he that troubled Israel? So he persecuted him and said that the prophet Elijah, one of the greatest prophets who ever lived, he was troubling Israel. And so this is Elijah's response in in verse 18 of 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 18. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and thy father's house, And that you have forsaken the commandments of the master, and thou hast followed uh, Balaam. Okay, so, and then you read the rest of this, he he had asked him, are you going to go follow God, or have your own opinions? You know, are are you going to go with God's opinion? All right, so, and that's the message of Elijah, too. Elijah doesn't compromise. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's wrap this up here. Um, A 21st century Middle East war is coming. All right. Number one, Damascus, Syria is being destroyed. Um, Number one, I'm sorry. Damascus, Syria being destroyed will be a part of this war. Now, the current Syria civil war has been going on since 2011 with Russia and Iran supporting the president of Syria, Bashar Assad, and Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Jordan, and the United States, Britain, and France supporting those who are against the government of Syria. And so all those countries are acting as uh, proxies uh, for um, Bashar Assad, a proxy as a substitute, and also for those who are opposing. Damascus has been continuously bombed during the civil war, but it's still a city. But prophetically, that's not going to last forever, according to God's words. And so in Psalm 83... Psalm 83, it states the following. It states, Psalm 83, verse 1, a psalm of Asaph. Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. Verse 2, for lo, thy enemies make atonement, and they that hate thee have lifted up thy head. Verse 3, they have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones, which certainly is giving indication of those 10 so-called lost tribes where people don't seem to understand uh, and they don't because they don't have the knowledge uh, that those 10 tribes um, can be revealed to them. Verse 4, they have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance and that's what certainly what the Arabs have stated uh, in the past and certainly stated now. Verse 5, for they have consulted together with one consent they are confederate against the Verse 6, the tabernacles of Eden, the Ishmaelites, the Moab, and the Harkarines, the Gebel, Ammon, Amalek, the Philistines, with the inhabitants of Tyre. Ashur also joined with them. They have coped with the children of Lot. Say lah. Verse 9, do unto them as unto the Midianites, and Cezara, to, to Jabin, at the brook of Kizim, which Paris and endured. they became undone. So this is saying that the Arabs will be wiped out. This has to happen for the temple to be built. Verse 11, make their nobles like orb. Like Zeed, yes, all their princes as Zeba and as Zalmuna. Verse 12, who says, let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. Verse 13, oh my God, make them like a will as a stubble before the wind. Verse 14, as the fire burn of a wood and as a flame set up the mountains on fire. Verse 15, so persecute them with thy tempest and make them afraid with thy storm. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek thy name, O master. Let them be confounded in trouble forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish, verse 18, that men may know that thou, whose name alone is uh, Yahweh, are the most high over all the earth. So this is going to be the destruction of the Arabs, folks, uh, those who oppose Israel. because so I know it's some friendly Arab. I want you to remember that. Now all the Arabs are wicked. Uh, Ezekiel. 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 Chapter 36. Verses 1 to 7. Also, thou son of man, prophesy unto the mountains of Israel and say, ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the master. Verse 2. Thus says the master, because the enemy has said unto you, aha, even the ancient high places are ours in possession. So, yes, they are They're thinking that the temple, the temple mount and, and all of Jerusalem is theirs in their, their possession. Verse 3. Therefore, prophesy and say, thus says the master, because they have made you desolate. And swallow you up on every side, that you might be a possession unto the residue of the heathen, and, and you are taken up in the lips of talkers and in are infamy of the people. Therefore, you mountains of Israel, hear the word of the master. Thus says the master to the mountains, and to the hills, to the rivers, to the valleys, and to the desolate wastes, and to the cities that are forsaken, which became a prey and derision, to the residue of the heathen that are round about. Verse 5, therefore, thus says the master, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen, against all of Edomia which have appointed my land into their possession with the joy of all their heart. It's talking about the Arabs and what they've done with despiteful minds that cast it out for prey. Verse six of Ezekiel 36 prophesied therefore concerning the land of Israel and say into the mountains, to the hills, to the rivers, to the valleys. Thus says the master, behold, I have spoken in my jealousy and in my fury because you have borne the shame of the heathen. Verse seven, therefore, thus says the master, I have lifted up my hand Surely the heathen that are about you, they shall bear their shame. Goes hand in hand with Psalm 83. And so the Arabs have to be eliminated, folks. All right? So, number one, Damascus, Syria being destroyed will be a part of this war. Uh, this uh, war, the Middle Eastern war that I was talking about, the 21st century Middle Eastern war that is coming. Uh, the Arabs have to be eliminated. The reason why? Because the altar and the temple will be built according to what Yeshua said in Matthew 24, verse 15. Acts chapter 6, verse 13, tells you that the holy place is referring to a built structure, despite what some people have incorrectly been teaching. Uh, If you search in a uh, Bible program like eSword, which you can get for free, by the way, uh, eSword, E-S-W-O-R-D, Google search, and then you can type in in the search box phrases like the holy place, and it'll show you every scriptural occurrence of the holy place and every place where the scriptures located it, 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 if there's a further description of it, it talks about it being a place, not a spiritual thing or whatever that some people try to spiritualize. Now, in Second Thessalonians 2, verses 2 to 12, talks about a wicked person being in the temple. And that word wicked in the Greek is talking about someone who is Torahless or lawless, so he's going to teach against keeping the Sabbath, the holy days, of clean and unclean needs, and all the other instructions of God. Revelation 11, verse 1 to 3, is pretty interesting if you want to read it. Revelation 11. Revelation 11, we ask you, I'll read it here. Revelation chapter 11, Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And this is similar to, uh, phrase- similar phraseology in, in, in uh, Ezekiel chapter 40. Is talking about the same thing and involves the build structure. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod and the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and then that worship there. And so there's going to be a temple, there's going to be an altar, there's going to be people worshiping there. Verse 2 of, of Revelation 11, but the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it's given unto the Gentiles and the holy city as Jerusalem shall be, they, they shall thread underfoot 42 months. So the entire city of Jerusalem will be thread underfoot. And at this time, that's when the two Powerful witnesses, two powerful prophets of God will rise. And I will give unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy three and a half years, a thousand two hundred and three score days, clothed in sackcloth. And then, of course, um, they're going to be killed in Revelation 11, verse 8. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. The whole world really is, is, is Sodom and Egypt, ladies and gentlemen. And certainly Jerusalem is, too. And they have a bunch of filth and a bunch of garbage going on there. And in Tel Aviv, verse 9, And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And verse 10 of Revelation 11, And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. A true prophet is going to tell you like it is. He's going to tell you like it is. Now, number four. So the first thing, of course, number one, Damascus, Syria being destroyed will be a part of the uh, 21st century Middle Eastern war that is coming. Number two, the Arabs have to be eliminated. Those who are opposing uh, the Jews, having uh, Jews as their their capital and also opposing opposing them from building the temple. And number three, the altar the temple will be built. So I'm I'm giving you everything that's going to be happening here in the next few years. Um, A few years can mean 10 years, 20 years. I don't know. But I I, I really feel that these things will happen in this century. Number four, those who are worthy will flee from the great tribulation. And where are they going to flee to? I'll I'll give you that information right now. And I hope you take it to heart. Because this is the truth. And nothing but the truth, so help me God. Joel, chapter 2. And this is a possibility this will happen during Shavuot. So we have to all be gathered in Jerusalem at that time around Shavuot, because this prophecy was quoted uh, when the apostles were gathered at Shavuot. So that's in Acts chapter 2. But Anyway, Joel chapter 2, verses 30 to 32. It says here, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And verse 31, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. So this is the sixth seal. This is the sign of the sixth seal in the book of Revelation before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. So this is when this will occur. This is when this gathering will occur around this time, okay? Around the time of the sixth hill. Verse 32, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call in the name of the Master shall be delivered for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem or Jerusalem, shall be deliverance, as the Master has said in an amendment whom the Lord shall call. So let's go to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And this prophecy was quoted when they said that uh, they, they thought that Peter was drunk and all the rest of the, uh, the apostles that were, that did have the gift of tongues and was speaking in their in their languages miraculously. And so this is what he said, and this was turning time to Shavuot. And so Acts 2 verse 14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all you that dwell Jerusalem, so they are Jerusalem. Okay, Be this known unto you and hearken to my words Verse 15 for these are not drunken as you suppose Seeing it's the third hour of the day But this is that which was spoken By the prophet Joel Verse 17 and and it shall come to pass In the last days says the master I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh And so this was a type Of what's going to happen in this century Ladies and gentlemen And it shall come to pass in the harit hayamem Says the master I will pour out Pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And so we know that Spirit is not poured out among all humanity, but this outpouring of, of the Holy Spirit that will happen in this century, I believe, to a select group of people that, that are counted worthy to escape all these things. Um, it says, Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Verse 18 On my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy verse 19 and i will show wonders in heaven above and signs and earth beneath blood and fire and vapor and smoke verse 20 the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the lord come and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the master shall be saved and that's that's pretty interesting because he doesn't quote the rest of the prophecy and the reason why he doesn't quote the rest of the prophecy is because it wasn't meant to be fulfilled until the 21st century. And so when we go back to Joel, Joel chapter two, Joel chapter two and verse 32, and it shall come to pass, which whichever shall call the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And so Peter didn't quote the, the rest of this because it wasn't meant to be fulfilled at that time. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem shall be deliverance. As the master has said, and in the remnant whom he shall call. And so that's that's a very interesting scripture, prophetic scripture, and it's the Bible, folks, and it's the truth. And so in Matthew 24, verse 16, it states now, Matthew 24, verse 16, it says, Then let them which be in Judea flee to the mountains, and this is in the context of the abomination of desolation. All right. And so We have to already be in Judea before all this stuff happens. And I'm going to, for those who want to be taught by me, I'm going to certainly be going over this. I did a PowerPoint presentation on this. And um, if you want me to come out to your fellowship and give that PowerPoint presentation, I will. But I know that one of my responsibilities is to warn those who who want to be warned about how to escape uh, the tribulation, whether that is... Uh, to your death, knowing that you will be able to be resurrected in the first resurrection. Please understand that the majority of humanity will be saved, but there's only going to be one bride. And I, I explain that in my uh, my archive programs or, or my archive program on who, who is the bride of the Messiah. Also in my book, my free book that you can get by going to uh, howgodcalls.com, H-O-W-C-A-L-L, how, howgodcalls.com. How God Calls, dot com and get your free book or ebook. All right, so in Daniel, so where are we going to flee to from Jerusalem? Well, the first century church, they flew to Pella, Jordan, and it appears that's where we're headed again, ladies and gentlemen. Daniel, chapter 11, I don't know if it's going to be Pella, Jordan, but it's in the area of Jordan. Daniel 11, verse 40, states the following. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships, and shall enter into the countries, and shall pass overflow and, and pass over. In verse 41 of Daniel chapter 11. And he shall enter also into the glorious land, that's Jerusalem, and many countries shall be overthrown. All those countries, including the United States and Britain and all, 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 all the countries. Most of them, but these shall escape out of his hand, Edom, Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. That's the area of Jordan. Verse 42, He shall, so that's the only country that won't be affected by the beast's power. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape, which indicates they were trying to escape. <laughs> Verse 42, but he shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt and the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. Verse 44, but tidings out of the east and out of the north, shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go forth with great fury to destroy utterly, other than make many. It's probably Russia and China, because that's east of Jerusalem. Verse 45, And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas and the glory holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. So Daniel 11 verse 45 is a description of what is described in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 with the anti-Messiah being, or the one that opposed the Messiah, the lawless one, the wicked one, will be uh, In the temple. Showing that he is God. And in Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. Verses 14 to 17. uh, Jordan is a wilderness. And Revelation 12 verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. That she might fly into the wilderness. Into her place. So it's going to be a particular place. Not places. Some people are teaching there's going to be places of safety all around the world. No it's not. It's a place where she is nourished for a time, times, and a half a time from the face of the serpent. Verse 15, and the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Verse 16, and the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Verse 17, and the dragon was angry with the woman and went to make war with the remainder of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Yeshua Messiah. It's certainly talking about those who are keeping all the commandments, the Sabbath, the holy days, the clean and unclean meat instructions, along with all the rest of the commandments. Now, keep on emphasizing the Sabbath because the Sabbath is a sign, according to uh, Exodus uh, chapter um, 31, verse 17. It's a sign that he sets us apart. And so one of the characteristics of a true believer is that you keep the Sabbath. That that is scriptural. And and, uh, you can't prove to me through the Bible that that's not the case. All right, so uh, the U.S. and other nations will be destroyed and conquered, as I read to you in Daniel 11, verses 40 to 45. And so what do we do? Do we panic? Do we get upset? Do we just uh, act scared? No, we don't do that. What we do is follow the examples that the Bible gives us. First of all, the greatest prophet who still lives, uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 6, stated the following. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of war, see that you not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So, ladies and gentlemen, we we have to believe what he said, and we can't panic. We can't panic, okay? We can't not panic at all. So let's not panic. And we have to uh, realize that through obedience, we will be okay. We will be okay, all right? And that word "worthy" in the Greek means to uh, to be counted worthy. That's what it means, all right? Simply to be counted Well, I was just looking at the Greek and see uh, if there was any difference in the word. To think worthy, it fit, to count worthy of something. Okay, so that that's what it means. All right. So Proverbs twenty-two verse three. Proverbs twenty-two verse three it says a prudent man or woman perceives the evil and hides himself or herself but the simple pass on an punished. so we don't want to be that ladies and gentlemen uh there's all kinds of things that you can do there is a website if i can find it here uh i don't know why i didn't put it down in this document that prepared me for this but uh, i can research it for you real quick um let's see Beach. Here we go. He's probably the world's renowned expert on how to survive a nuclear war through speech. And his website is www.r as in rat, a as in apple, d as in dog, m as in mother. Oops. www.r as in rat, a as in apple, d as in dog, m as in mother, e as in tom, t as in tom, e as in, I'm sorry www.r as in rat, a as in apple, d as in dog, m as in mother, e as in elephant, t as in Tom, e as in elephant, r as in rat, s as in snake, the number four, This write out the number four, u as in underdog.com. Yes, underdog is one of my favorite cartoon characters because he was so humble. Anyway, www.r as in rat, a as in apple, d as in dog, m as in mother, e as in elephant, t as in Tom, e as in elephant, r as in rat, s as in snake. Write out the number four. u as an underdog.com forward slash beach. B as in boy, E-A-C-H dot H-T-M. And then when you get to the website, click mirror this site at your website, and then you'll come across two documents, the good news about nuclear destruction and what to do if a nuclear disaster is imminent. And I give this information to you so that you can follow what Proverbs 22, verse three tells us to do. Also in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, you always should be prepared. Hebrews chapter 11, Verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So it's nothing wrong with preparing. We're, we need to prepare because God will miraculously tell us. It's like he told Noah and Lot when it's time to go. So we prepare to go, but we have to rely on God to tell us when to go. Because Yeshua stated in Luke chapter 17, at the time of his second coming, and similar to the days of Noah and Lot. Uh, Luke 17, verse 26, as it was in the days of Noah, so it also shall be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married their, their wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom and rang fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Thus, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And that day he which shall be upon the housetop and in his stuff in the house, let him not come down. And a similar phraseology when, when uh, Yeshua talked about the start of the tribulation in Matthew chapter 24. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. And I had some people incorrectly teach that the days of Noah is not here yet. Yes, it is. Because it's talking about what's going to happen during the tribulation. And so Luke 17, verse 32, remember the beginning stages of the days of Noah's occurring. Luke 17, verse 32, remember Lot's wife. Verse 33, whoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Luke 17, verse 32, and whoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you that in that night, there shall be two in one bed. The one shall be taken, the other left. Two shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken, the other left. Two shall be in the field. The one shall be taken, the other left. Either it's talking about someone's going to be destroyed and someone will be preserved, or it's saying that someone will be taken to that place of safety and the other will remain. So that that's, that's, it can mean either or both. But those are the two interpretations there. So, um ladies and gentlemen i hope that this program was of great benefit to you and remember let me go over this again what's going to occur here and so you won't panic a 21st century middle east war is coming number one damascus syria being destroyed will be a part of this war number two arabs those who oppose jerusalem will be destroyed number three the altar and the temple will be built This has to occur for the abomination of desolation to occur based on Daniel chapter 12. You can read it. I don't have time to go over it right now, but read Daniel chapter 12. For the sacrifices to be stopped, there has to be an altar, and there's strong indication that also will be a temple as well. Number four, those who are worthy will flee from the great tribulation. And I gave you scriptures. And then number five, the U.S. and other nations will be destroyed and conquered. And then, of course, the beast's power will rule for three and a half years before the Messiah comes back. So that gives you the order, ladies and gentlemen, so you know what to look for, so you won't be panicking uh, of every little thing that comes up in the news. The purpose of this was not to scare you. The purpose was to give you shalom, peace, to understand that God has a plan, and thank God he's revealed his plan to me on how, if we are still alive, how we need to calm down and not be troubled. And follow what his prophets have written in, in the words of God So May y'all bless and keep you ladies and gentlemen And y'all willing I'll be available to you Next
0: week Shalom Peace Malachi chapter 4 For behold The day cometh that shall burn as an oven And all the proud Yea and all that do wickedly Shall be stubble